Greetings from IBEC, the International Institute of Building and Enclosure Consultants. I'm Katie Springle Lemka, your host for the featured technical article of IBEC Interface. You can find this article and myriad resources for the building and enclosure professional by visiting our website at ibec.org. This article will be under News and Press, and all images can be viewed there. There will be a direct link to the article in the podcast show notes. It's February of 2021, and this month's featured technical article is by Ray Weatherholt. Raymond Weatherholt, a fellow of IBEC, a registered building enclosure consultant and a professional engineer, started Weatherholt and Associates in Redmond, Washington in 1984. Prior to that, he worked for a commercial construction inspection and testing company as their inspection supervisor and special projects troubleshooter. He has consulted on a broad array of projects throughout the Pacific Northwest, ranging from commercial projects to residential green roofs, manufacturing buildings, and the Experience Music Project. In 2013, he received IBEC's Outstanding Educator Award and was named a Fellow of IBEC the same year. Experience Music Project, a different sort of waterproofing challenge by Ray Weatherholt. In 1998, the author was called by the senior project manager of the general contractor who was tasked with constructing what was then called the Experience Music Project in Seattle, Washington, designed by renowned architect Frank Gehry. Over the years, the name and mission have changed, and the building now goes by Museum of Pop Culture, or MOPOP. The basic design was a structural steel frame of cut and welded plates to form curved T-shapes, infilled with structural shotcrete, covered by exterior waterproofing and an interior color-treated stainless steel skin. The problem was that the shape of the shotcrete was not flat or mono-sloped. It was curving in all directions, meaning that a standard roll or sheet waterproofing would not work. An additional problem was that the panels of the stainless steel skin would be supported by an exterior framing on pipe pedestals, sort of a structural porcupine. The design and construction of the building used CATIA three-dimensional CAD software. Architect Frank Gehry's technology company, Gehry Technologies, adapted the CATIA program for use on his various projects, including Guggenheim Museum Bilbao and others. The Katia program allowed for 3D design, which was then used for the fabrication and erection of the steel and the formwork, instead of the 2D standard techniques usually used in construction. When we were retained, the waterproofing consisted conceptually of a 60 mil, 1.5 millimeter, self-adhered modified bitumen polyethylene surfaced sheet product which is commonly used below grade. During the pre-construction phase of the project, the construction team immediately realized they needed to change the waterproofing to something more robust that would accommodate the complex geometry of the structure. The owner let the contractor guide the design, along with Frank Gehry's project architects. A waterproofing system using hot rubberized asphalt was selected to be applied over the shotcrete exterior. The surface of the shotcrete was similar to stucco, not rough, and not steel-troweled smooth. 
We thought the HRA would adhere relatively well to the shotcrete, but would the workers of the waterproofing contractor be capable of applying the HRA to the vertical, curvy, and sometimes overhead surface? In order to validate the concept, both the waterproofing subcontractor and the manufacturer were engaged. HRA and an asphalt-modified coating were reconsidered, both with reinforcement. After review of the modeling, a mock-up was constructed off-site to test and refine the application techniques. Roofing workers were able to use squeegees, trowels, and big, long-nap rollers. The reinforcing was changed to a woven polyester mesh that could conform to the shape and that was light enough not to pull the HRA off the surface of the shotcrete. The surfacing sheet varied depending on the slope of the surface for the HRA. The mock-up included both the HRA and a roller-applied asphalt-modified urethane coating. The modified asphalt coating bubbled and blistered, did not adhere as well as the HRA, and was soon abandoned. As demonstrated by the mock-up, we then considered the application of foam insulation and acrylic coating over the nominally 220 mil, 5.6 millimeter thick, reinforced HRA. A layer of sprayed polyurethane foam, SPF, was carefully applied. The concern was that the SPF would shrink and pull the HRA off the shotcrete. The author had experienced SPF pulling waterproofing off of a shotcrete surface, finding that the surface roughness of the shotcrete was important to achieving good bonding of the HRA, which, in turn, helped resist the shrinkage and delamination of the SPF. In this case, the surface roughness of the HRA couldn't realistically be controlled. Some of the shrinkage appeared to be mitigated by spraying smaller areas of SPF at a time and by the cladding pedestals, which were numerous, penetrating the HRA and SPF. An additional layer of acrylic coating was applied over the SPF. One of the keys to the successful waterproofing and SPF application was full-time monitoring of the application of the various layers. Another was the cooperation among the various team members. See Teamwork Sidebar. The Teamwork Sidebar notes, a key to this successful project was cooperation among the various team members, who were Owner, Vulcan, now Mopop architect, Frank Gehry General Contractor, Hoffman Construction Roofing Waterproofing Contractor, Snyder Roofing Waterproofing Manufacturer, American Hydrotech Shot Creek Contractor, Johnson Western SPF and Coating Contractor, Walker Specialty Construction and waterproofing consultant, Weatherholt & Associates, Inc. During the construction process, the areas of work were protected by tenting and enclosure of the scaffolding. However, unlike during most construction projects, the Seattle monorail, connecting downtown Seattle and the Seattle Center, remained active through the site during construction. The areas surrounding the monorail portals were waterproofed at night between 11 p.m. and 5 a.m. and utilized a removable scaffold and lifts. Once the waterproofing work was complete, the only leakage reported was due to an open hole in one of the cladding pedestals that inadvertently had not been plug welded. In November 2020, the author met with Mopop management staff 
who indicated that no leaks have been reported to date from the areas waterproofed after 22 years in service. There have been leaks at the intersection of skyward facing glazing with the shotcrete at gaskets. This complicated project was a once in a lifetime experience for the writer. It was a great demonstration of how thinking outside the box forced creative solutions to be reviewed and evaluated. The most promising solutions were then mocked up by skilled craftsmen. Once the project was underway, the entire team worked cooperatively to achieve the goal of a successfully waterproofed building. This author is grateful to the MOPOP staff for a tour of the facility during COVID-19 restrictions and for receiving permission to use their photo archives for research and to include some of those photos in this article. IBEC appreciates Ray Weatherholt sharing his experiences on this unique project. I urge you to check out the photos on our website at ibec.org. It really is a one-of-a-kind project. We are excited to announce our 2021 Virtual Spring Symposium. When we rescheduled convention from March to September so that we could hold it in person in Phoenix, we put it very close to when our usual building enclosure symposium would happen and also created a void in our springtime educational offerings. So, instead of BES in November this year, we're having Virtual Spring Symposium in May. Every Tuesday and Thursday in the month of May, there will be a three-hour session composed of an hour of visiting the exhibition hall, followed by an hour of presentation of educational content, and then an hour of a roundtable discussion following the content. Registration is open on our website. If you'd like to present at this event, visit ibec.org forward slash call dash four dash abstracts. Attention IBEC members, voting is open for the next IBEC secretary treasurer. There will be a meet the candidate forum on February 10th, 2021 from three to 4 p.m. Eastern. Members will be able to submit questions ahead of time when they register for the forum. Candidate bios are also available to read on our website. You can vote at any time between now and noon on March 8th. On March 8th, we will host the 2021 Virtual IBEC Meeting of the Members. Last year's virtual meeting was a roaring success with more members than we have ever had present at a meeting of the members. We hope to exceed that this year. You can attend from the comfort of your home or office with no expense to you and really be a part of the workings of your organization. You can register for that on our website as well. And as I mentioned earlier, you heard me right, the IBEC 2021 International Convention and Trade Show will take place in Phoenix, Arizona from September 15th through 20th, 2021. We cannot wait to see you all in person again in sunny Arizona. For more great educational content, visit ibec.learnupon.com to view our online offerings, including some bundles for those wishing to catch up on CEHs or take a deeper dive into a particular subject. How would you like to sponsor this podcast? I could be talking about your company or product right now. To sponsor the podcast, contact Chris Barnes at cbarnes at ibec.org. That's C-B-A-R-N-E-S at ibec.org. IBEC, along with a number of other industry organizations, issued a statement on Friday, January 29th, urging everyone to get vaccinated as soon as you are able. To read the complete text, visit our website. From all of us at IBEC, 
to all of you out there. Stay safe. Thanks for listening and have a constructive day.